Six feet under, I could have been lost forever. Yeah, I should be in that fire, but now there's fire inside of me. Here I am, a dead man walking. No grave gonna hold God's people. All the weight of all our evil, lived it away forever free. Who could believe? Who could believe? Not alone. 
already late. Hello. Woo. Turn me up, Sherry. Turn me up, Sherry. Turn me up. Turn me up. Hey, Gary, leave her alone. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Hello. Well, I'm going to have to holler if you can't hear me now. Okay. Here's what we got going tonight. Because we all know, and we're going to all remember that next week, Sunday morning, we are taking a love offering for Brother Gary. It's his last day here. Uh, keep that in mind because after the normal offering Sunday morning, we're going to turn right around and do a love offering for him. If you want a card, if you want to do a card or something, either give it to him or lay him out there on the desk or give him to somebody and we'll pile them all up and be sure that he gets them. That's just whether or not you want to do that. I don't care. It's just up to you, okay? Um, we're working on the parsonage. If somebody really wants to help, I'm not exactly sure what tomorrow is going to bring because we have to pick up some supplies and do a few things before we get started. And we don't like to work after like 12 or 1 o'clock. When it gets 100 degrees, I'm, I'm done. And literally, I'm done like a turkey. So, uh, and, and John can tell you too, we've been working out there in the heat. It's hot. So, but we've got a lot done. You're more than welcome to come look. But like I said this morning, if you come look, bring your hammer and your paintbrush. <laughs> Don't just drive up and look and drive off. Get out. Okay. Um, on our little deal here. Uh, as always, we're looking for help with the uh, youth and with the kids, children's church. So if your heart is led that way, go that way because we can use the help. Uh, Sister Kim and Clint are doing both of them right now, and they would be tickled to death to have the help. Um, Wednesday, youth at 7 o'clock every Sunday. We feed the kids every Wednesday night. So if you want to get involved in that, uh, Brother Gary is actually the one in charge of lining up the uh, people to feed the youth. If you want to get in line to do that, talk to him. He'll be glad to. Uh, that just puts one more in rotation is what that does. We can always use some help on the desk. If you want to do that, see Brother Ron. We can always use some more help doing that. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, I know I'm standing up here begging for a lot of stuff. I always do, but that's that's. I've always considered myself poor in the world and rich in the Lord. So poor, poor in the world, we beg for stuff. <laughs> so yeah, uh, June 17th at 8:30 a.m. in the fellowship hall, men's breakfast. Like I said this morning, free food. Come get it, uh, and good fellowship. Now, I mean, in all honesty. It doesn't get any better when you get a bunch of guys together eating donuts and drinking coffee. So come and try it out. I think you're going to like it if you try it out. Uh, July 1st at 8.30 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall is our Bible study. Both of these are on Saturdays, first Saturday of the month and third Saturday of the month. Heart to Heart, June 20th at 6 p.m. All right. Speakers are Lori Franks and Terry Bean and who else? Okay, so y'all ladies, pay attention to that. I'm not coming. Uh, do what? And, and, that's, and that's okay. <laughs> I, did, I didn't really invite you to miss breakfast either, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, uh, prime timers, June 24th at 12. That's noon. Um, here in the Fellowship Hall, Paul Luck and Games. 
And this says here, if you want to volunteer for anything, please see a board member. Now that is me, Gary Cook, Rick Myers, hey, Merle, and Ron. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm always forgetting somebody, but it wasn't you today, Rick. <laughs> Bob. Okay. Um, so if you have any other announcements you want to make, you might want to find somebody better to make them. And <laughs> be okay. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do them as long as nobody else wants to. I'll be happy to do it. In fact, if y'all keep letting me come up here enough, I might even get to where I want to start preaching a little bit. So y'all just, you, you, don't know, you don't really know what you're in for until you get it. So, okay, guys for the offering. <laughs> I'm going to make one more announcement right fast too while they're coming is we're having a uh, pack the pantry for the new pastor. Uh, anything, and, and I don't really know even what all that, I'm saying dish rags, dish towels, soap, food, Paper goods, pardon, wolf brand chili? Yeah, wolf brand chili without beans. If it's got beans in it, it ain't chili. Okay, and I mean, just, you know, just uh, anything that you think that uh, someone's going to need, we want to bless him by having it beforehand. Any kind of paper goods would be great. Cups, plates, forks, paper towels, toilet paper, napkins, Kleenex. You just name it, and everybody uses it all. So we'll just bring it, and we'll be glad to get it to them. All right, so now then, so Julie doesn't have to remind me, I'm, I'm going to pray. <laughs> when, I don't, she, when I don't, she reminds me, so I'm just going to think of it first. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you keep us well, you keep us safe. And Lord, we just praise your holy name for the many blessings that you bring us. We know, Lord, that you always show up. If we will just show up to meet here with you, Heavenly Father. We worship you in all that we do, Heavenly Father. We want to walk in your will and stand in your presence, Heavenly Father. We pray, Lord, that you will bless this offering as we take it, Heavenly Father, and use it for your glory and for your kingdom. In Christ's precious name, amen.
That should be a daily prayer that he awakes our souls every day. Father, awake us tonight, God, for what you have in store for us, Lord. Father, open our hearts to receive it, our ears to hear it, Lord. Father, we anticipate great things tonight in this service, Lord. Have your way, God. Have your way, Lord. Yes. Father, I see that you were drawing a line in the sand. I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let it all Jesus. 
time forgiven because you were forsaken and time accepted
precious name. Isn't the Lord good? I just feel His heavenly anointing in this service. I know God has something in store for every one of us. I come to get my potion today. Did you? Amen. Oh, sometimes we get loaded down with the things of this world. We don't realize that God is a load carrier. We just need to get to Him and give it all up. Here, Lord, I'm giving it to you today. And that's what we have to do in times like this, in a service where we wait upon the Lord. Just let Him take the load and lift it up. Amen. I don't care what you brought in. I don't care what you're having to deal with. It can be erased and taken care of in this service tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm thankful that you came. I just think in this afternoon, what if we're the only ones there? But you came. Now, I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> good to be here. And we're thankful that uh, uh, my family, my daughter, she, last time was here, she was getting ready to have a surgery. Now she's had it. And I think she's on the road to recovery. <laughs> and in fact, she said she's going to sing. So I guess she's done well enough. She's going to sing tonight. She's going to sing. And I'm going to carry something with you that God laid upon my heart two weeks ago. And, um, you know, you think through all the years that you're going to be able to um, preach some of the same stuff. I don't preach the same stuff. I may have preached it a hundred times, but I'll read it and research it and start all over as if it was the first time that I had a chance to see it. And that's what we're going to do tonight with one of those. Serena, if you'll come and uh, she'll share with you a song that I'll bring you the word. Well, I'm going to give glory and honor to Jesus. still a work, but I praise God. I'm not going to be crippled. I'm not, and I, I'm going to be fine, and I'm going to be able to function and in a normal way. And I pray, I give God the glory, and I thank you each and every one for your prayers for me. Thank you so much. Of a mighty rushing wind And it's closer now Than it's ever been I can almost hear the trumpet And Gabriel sound the When I'll be gone 
Prophecies fulfilling and signs of the times, they're appearing everywhere. I can almost hear the Father when He says, Son. Get your children at the midnight cry, the bride of Christ will rise when Jesus steps up. See, he's, we got, we just unplugged it. <laughs> we can sure enough unplug it. <laughs> well, I know the new pastor will be here shortly, and that's a rejoicing. I'm telling you, have been waiting long enough for that. You know, if you ever pass my house about six in the morning, you see somebody sitting out there on the porch. I'm talking to God about Long Grove Assembly of God. Because I've been as concerned as you have, though I have not always been here. But it's wonderful that we have the Lord to call up on in a time of crisis. And uh, I've been very concerned. And I know that you have, but God is answering. And I do believe it's the right man. What do you say? 
the right family, God's going to bless and use them here. Amen. As I said a while ago, sometimes you like to go back to an old thought and rehash it a little bit. But tonight, I'm coming with a brand new approach. And I trust that it will have some special lodging in your mind, your thought, your convictions. And perhaps even tomorrow will be a different day because of tonight. I, I, I don't know what to say other than I have asked God to come down and take charge of this service. And I've told him it's my voice, but I'm going to give it to you. My thoughts, but they're yours. I want you to come and speak to the people tonight. So what I'm going to do is to try to step aside and let the Holy Spirit speak to each of us tonight. For I want to hear from heaven too, don't you? Amen. I'm going into the Old Testament tonight, and um, I'm not going to read a lot at first. I'm going to give a little reference to some of the things that we'll talk about later, because this text that I'm really taking from is one you know as well as I do, so we don't need to rehash that. But I want to look down here, and I'm going into the 18th chapter of 1 Kings. I'm going to talk to you tonight about the prophet and the politician. Uh, some of that sounds familiar. <laughs> so I trust tonight God will give us some gleam and wisdom out of this. And this is a story I don't need to try to... Uh, spruce it up any other way. It's just about Ahab and Elijah. And I'll be honest with you, Elijah's one of my favorite prophets. Uh, he was a man that he dared to walk in strange places, and I believe that God's people has to do that sometimes. And so we have a story tonight about uh, uh, old brother Ahab and then the prophet Elijah. And uh, we're in a, a stormy time in the history of Israel. And the reason I like this story, because it really relates to what we're going through today here in the United States, especially here in Oklahoma. And you'll see what I'm talking about in a few minutes. Uh, here is a time, a, a drought has come upon the land. It's a, it's a very difficult time. They, the cattle are starving. The horses, the mules are dying because of the lack of rain and grass and pastures. And, and so then uh, King Ahab, the politician, pulls aside one of his servants over the household, in fact, is Obadiah. And he says, Obadiah, you go that way, and I'll go that way, and we'll find water and pasture for our livestock. So that's what happens. And, Ob and Obadiah bumps into, uh, oh, Brother Elijah. Now, I'm Obadiah. I like him. I don't know too much about it. I like kind of hanging around with that Obadiah. You remember Obadiah was the one that hid the hundred prophets up in the, the cave and fed them bread and water to try to keep them alive while Jezebel was trying to kill them. So I kind of like old Obadiah. And he runs into Ahab, uh, runs into Elijah, and uh, of course he, Elijah knows who he is, and he says, go tell Ahab to come and meet me. Yeah. And uh, 
didn't necessarily like that kind of message because what he said was, Ahab's not going to like that kind of message. He is not going to get excited when he hears me say that you told him to come over here. I'm going to begin in verse 17, and this will kind of patch it up a little bit. It said, it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, now he's come over, and Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And now this is Elijah replying. He, said, he answered and he said, I have not troubled Israel, but you have. Thy father's house, and in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Boy, I'm telling you, that's kind of stiff for a, a politician to take somebody's talking back to him like that. But he laid it on the line to him. And Elijah is ready to do business for God. Let me tell you something. Sometimes the battle gets tough before God gives the victory. Yeah. And it's not a time. Let me take a little history right quick, real fast. We're going to dodge back around. First of all, this is Samaria. Now, they had had a great victory back years and years and years ago. You remember they were down there in Egypt? And Moses led them out across the Red Sea and into the Promised Land. Oh, they were rejoicing. They thought, what a time, we're going home. Did you know when things get good, we get careless. When things are going all right, we quit praying as we should. And that has happened in the life of Israel. They're back in the promised land. They've had plenty of blessings now, and they're getting careless. They've been still worshiping God, Jehovah. But things are about to change. Here's why. King Ahab wanted to get a wife. And he looks around, he winds up over there in Canaan. He gets a Canaanite, and he marries her, and he brings her home. Right. Now, that ought to be at a, a, a honeymoon time. But he brought her home, and her name was Jezebel. Yep. Some of y'all getting an anointing already. I can just feel it. <laughs> Jezebel has come over to Samaria, but just wasn't Samaria, just Jezebel alone. Jezebel had been over there in, in, the, in Cana, and she was a part of that culture and community. And in that where we talk about a kingdom, they're more like states, and this is the way they were. There were many surrounding, Ahab was over Samaria, and there were other kings. Now, this is what began to happen slowly. Nothing fast, nothing really progressive. They were still worshiping Jehovah, the Lord God, the Creator. But it became convenient to slowly bring in a little bit more help. That's what they were thinking. Now, over in Rome and in Greece in that area, there was a development of a religion called the worship of Baal. And that has begun to spread all over the country. Whenever you come in and develop something, there's going to be offshoots and there's going to be attraction to bring other people in. Right. 
And so now that Baal has got to start, he winds up over there in this in Canaan, and this is where that things begin to get a little bit bad. They're going to accept, and we're not going to throw him out. We're not going to say no to God of the Jehovah. We're not going to get rid of him. We're just going to bring him in some company. We're going to get some more gods and bring them over. You see, as long as you don't get rid of your God, you can bring in some extras if you need them. So they brought in, they, began, they brought in Baal. When you bring in Baal, you automatically open the door to Dagon, to Moloch, and they're going to come in with you because it's all a part of the family of the, these gods. And now they're over there, they're getting pretty embedded into the country, in fact so strong that the country's been taken over by the worship of Baal. And here comes Jezebel over back to Samaria to take care of her husband, King Ahab, and she brings 850 of her prophets with her. Oh my! She brought the whole country with her. And now they have taken over. Now let me get into a little bit of the, the worship of Baal. That's a strange, odd thing. And you said they, they, they didn't really want to say they had abandoned God, Jehovah the Creator. They just wanted to find some helpers. Now you see what they had. They had, a, they had this dry spell, grass drying up, cattle starving. And in the worship of Baal, there's different names and different areas and different attitudes that follow along with it. They call them like a, a Baal Java and different things that would represent different kinds of manifestation, manifestation in that particular country. Now, one thing they were concerned about, they wanted to be able to keep the gods happy. It's always good when God's happy, right? They wanted their gods to be happy. And so they began to find a way. And they would be able to elevate their gods because they wanted him to bless them. If you please, if you please your God, he might bless you. And they sure needed to reign. They needed some help. They needed some things to help to keep the country prosperous. So they were beginning to worship Baal more and more because he was going to help them. He was going to bring them rain. And so after a while, this is not anything that happens immediately. It's funny how the devil comes in a little bit at a time. Slowly, not rushing, just slowly moving in. And now we find that the worship of Baal has developed into something more than just trying to appease God. There has to be a greater appeasing of God to get his favor and his blessing upon the people and upon the land. So what they began to do is to find a way to show that they really, really have great respect for Baal. This God of prosperity they referred to him as because he was the one that was going to send them the rain. He was going to send them the sunshine. He was going to send the moon, the changing of the seasons. He was going to make life better for them. And so they were thrilled to have Baal working on their team. But something didn't work just right. It wasn't, it wasn't materializing. It wasn't bringing in the results they thought. 
And so they thought they had to get a little bit more done to show Baal they were really, really interested. Now, this wasn't original. If you remember over there, Dagon, the worship of Dagon. You remember they had brought in the, the, in the Ark of the Covenant, they brought in and they set Dagon right in there with him, you know. It don't hurt to coincide, you see, just a little bit. It won't hurt being in the same place. But they woke up the next morning, came in, Dagon had fell over and broke his arms. You know why? Because evil and wrong can't dwell in the same place. And that's what was happening. Well, that thing had got started over there in, in, in this, with, among the Canaanites, and these prophets are bringing this with them over to Samaria now. Yeah. And they're over there uh, talking about now, we've got to appease the God. You notice what happened over there if we were to go over a little while and, and just look. I don't want to spend much time over in Canaan because I don't like what they were doing. But you know, in the worship of Dagon, they had this metal statue they called Moloch. And Moloch would sit out there in this temple area in the valley called Tophet. And he would build a fire up under in his arms and a huge thing, huge big thing. And they were then trying to satisfy their God. They would take their children and babies especially and throw them up in the lap of Moloch trying to appease Dagon so he would be kind and good, generous with them. There in the valley of Tophet, the word Tophet meant the sounding, there was people that would beat drums to try to drown out the by cries of the babies that were dying in the lap of Moloch. Now it's become customary to do that. Now here comes the prophets from Canaan over to Samaria with that type of background. It wasn't long until they were encouraging the people. If we really want to get a response from Baal, we have to make a great sacrifice. Now what they first started doing sounded pretty logical. They were taking the children of the slaves. You know a slave had no value, so why not take the, the children of the slaves? They couldn't resist. And they would offer them up to up to Baal, that he would give them a better time, a prosperous time. He would just take care of all their needs and would turn their land around and let it rain and let the crops grow and the cattle would do fine. But that just didn't really get it done. And so the next thing they chose to do was to take their own children and offer them up to Baal. It was a terrible time. You know, we got a part of that history, and as I said, Baal came from Rome, and over in Greece, in that area, in Athens. You remember Paul was over in Athens one time, he, at Mars Hill, and he got mad. He said, you've got a God everywhere you look. You've got gods all over the place. Because they were trying to satisfy their needs by worshiping other gods. Now, let me just say this. Uh, they, they had a name for it. They called it Daman, but that's not the correct meaning. The word that we're more familiar with is called demon. The demon spirits were occupying in these heathen gods that were worshiping, and the people were giving their very best to get a result from a demon spirit. Let me tell you, demons will respond, but not the way we want them. Demons will respond. 
You know, Jesus' teaching on that one time in the New Testament, especially in Math, Matthew chapter 12, verse 20, 34, 33, I'm sorry. Let me see. I think I don't like to misquote something to you. Yes, 43. And he's talking there about evil spirits. And this is what he said. And when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places. Seeking rest and finding none. Then he saith, I will return unto my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnish. Then goeth he and taketh with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it also be in the wicked generations. You see, you can't make the devil happy. I'm just going to be plain spoken. You can do anything you want to, but you'll never appease the evil spirits that are around us. There's two things when you speak of evil spirits. There is the physical form. Then there is the spiritual form. If we were to see, and today, today in our own society, we're seeing physical forms of evil. We're seeing things presented on television. We're seeing things presented in our communities that is by, it's, it's evil if I ever saw evil. But worse than that, the spirit of that is in the land. Now remember the spirit of evil is everywhere. And where it will find a place, it settles in. It finds an open door, it will use. When it finds an invitation, it will take advantage of it. Back to Samaria. The people there were trying to find a way to get rid of their disaster, their famine. Their cattle were starving. The families were in need. The crops were failing. It was, it was a destitute time for them. They needed help. And they had done everything they could think of. So they now were offering their own children upon this altar to satisfy this God of prosperity called Baal. Sometimes there is no satisfying the greed that the devil has for our home, our life, our, our culture, whatever. Yeah. You know, back a few years ago, um, history tells us that uh, there was a great, great shaking of the Spirit of God. Around the 1900, 19, 3, 4, and 5, there was revival throughout the land. There was such a move of the Spirit of God. It was a non-denominational thing. Yeah. It wasn't a Pentecostal thing. It was a Holy Ghost thing. Yeah. And it was spreading all over the world. Yeah. There were so many people in different regions riding back to their home station, their sponsoring agency, and saying, we're experiencing great revival. God's doing things. People are being blessed. People are being healed and raised up. Yeah. But there were people that were not pleased with that. They didn't get excited about it. And they called those missionaries home and said, we don't believe that and we don't want you teaching that on the field anymore. Yeah. 
you're going against what we believe. And they began to drop missionaries all over the country because of this great Holy Ghost revival had spread across the world and the Spirit of God is raising up evangelists and the move of God was on. You've read about it. You've heard your family talking about it. We all knew it was a great thing. Around 2005 and six, it became very, very necessary that they find some way to keep these folks on the field. The devil was doing every means possible to destroy the evangelistic outreach of God's Spirit upon the face of this earth. There were people that began to pray and really seek God, wanting God to do something immediately. And there were groups that began to meet in prayer, cottage prayer meetings. There were prayer meetings on the street. There were prayer meetings in t under tents and arbors. God was trying to get through to the people. Yeah. It's a time for revival. Back in 1914, a group of people uh, from all over the country, about 300 in fact, gathered together at an opera house down in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And they decided we must have someone other that we, God called us, our missions supporters have called us home and said, you can't go back. But they said, the call is still upon my life. I've got to do something. And they had to obey God. Yeah. And they decided we'll go back to the field if we have to support ourselves. And they decided that we'll just form a missionary organization that will support and help each other. Sounded like a great idea. And they did. And they called it the assembly. And it was really been again to get strength. The people wanting to get in, wanting to join. The church of the church of Christ, I'm not getting the name. Church of God and Jesus Christ. It was a black organization. I'm not getting it right yet. Somebody help me on that one. Huh? The church Okay, Church of God in Christ. And, and they were the only ones that were recognized by the federal government, and they were ordaining these ministers so they could belong to this little organization called Assembly. And they finally realized that we're going to have to ordain and bless our own people and help them to go out and face this crisis. So they met again in the late part of the year, and they decided upon a name. Assembly was good. But it was, had to be a little bit more than that. They called it the Assembly of God. And as a result, they began to ordain. The, and it was never a charter of a church organization. It was a fellowship for missionary service. And they brought them together. And God ordained and sent that out. God has always got a way to penetrate the darkness that's around us. There is a darkness that's trying to close in upon the land. Oh, we were blessed and revival came and, and the, it flourished and the revival went across the land again under the blessings and anointing and the guidance of full gospel churches such as the Church of God in Christ and, and the Sinners of God and the Pentecostal Holiness and those people were going under the direction anointing of God and what a blessing it was. And we were living in a prosperous religious time. You remember we heard families talk about it, how it's the Spirit of God. Right over here on Brock Road, my daddy said one night they were sitting out in the yard. People used to sit and talk. You remember that? <laughs> and they were all sitting out in the yard talking one night, and they saw a ball of fire coming down. 
They first said, that's a meter. Well, it's going to hit real close. Daddy jumped in the car and he ran over the road to see where it was. And there's an arbor over there on the corner of Mile and Brock. And he said that ball of fire came and hovered right over that arbor and never touched, the, never touched the arbor, never touched the ground. And the power of God so fell. There were people saved, missionaries called, pastors called out, people were redeemed. Some of you are benefactors from that great revival that happened over there that day. And God blessed. And all oh, what a time revival was on. Some of us were products of that very revival indirectly. But after a while, things began to settle down. You understand this settling down stuff, don't you? Where it's kind of easier to still embrace God, Jehovah. But, um, you know, a little fellowship on the side here won't hurt. As long as we don't get in the way. We believe in God. But we also believe in prosperity and blessings and a few things. So we'll kind of see if they won't work together. We'll make a team out of this. How's that sound? You see where I'm going? Because suddenly I realized this started slowly. It was gradual. It wasn't instantly. It didn't just hit the headlines and spread. But step by step the church has accepted some of the things that Dagon, Baal, and Moloch had, and we have accepted it right here. Are you with me? They had different names for them. They called them the, the spirits, but really they were dark spirits. They satisfied a certain appetites of the people. They said as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. And they gradually let it begin to kind of smolder. You know, if you don't put a fire out, it'll, it'll after a while, after dark, it will flare up. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Elijah knew that if he did not take a stand, that they would lose the battle. And so he said there before the people, he called them out and he said, How long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal be God, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. Sometimes it's hard to speak up when the majority is moving this way and you want to push against it. You know what I'm talking about? You know what's happened in the church world, don't you? Here a few months ago, we had one of the greatest revelations. We didn't realize it at the time what had happened. All of a sudden, we saw our churches closed down, closed down. I didn't understand it. I asked my brother one day, I said, why are we, he said, we're not having church Sunday. I said, why don't he said, I just had some folks to come and said, if they come by and catch anyone at this church Sunday, it's a $10,000 fine. 
He said, we don't have the money to pay that kind of a fine. There is a crisis on. Yes. Yeah. In 1960, America took a big turn. In 1960, the Supreme Court made this, this observation and a decree. There could be no more Bible reading and prayers in public schools. Right. I remember, I graduated in 55, and I remember up until then, uh, we had teachers that would open the, open the morning with reading the Bible. I had some of them even would pray. We'd always take a pledge to the uh, allegiance to the flag. There was a lot of things there that we used to do. Yeah. But in 1960, the wall dropped. And the wrong... And people begin to think, well, we can live with it. It's not that bad. In teaching of communism, of fascism, on the 14th article it says, you don't need to try to convert adults. What you do is train the children. Get in the children and they will change the adults because they will become the adults. That will happen. Right. If we're not careful, we're in the midst of that right now, that transformation, that change. It's taking place. It's taking place in our schools. It's taking place in the marketplace. It's taking place, and I don't know, I'm not, going to, I'm not speaking against TV. You can watch it if you want to, that's your business. But I just found out it don't do me spiritually any good. I get a little bit upset, and I walk through the house and I don't believe that junk, and I decide my best is not watch. <laughs> I don't have to watch it, and I don't, and I feel a lot better about it, Amen. although I got people that tell me what happened. <laughs> That's all right. I can handle it a little bit better that way. Jimmy Keith is a good friend of mine. We have known him, the family, for bukus of years. Some time ago, I, I drove through Sulphur, Oklahoma. I used to pastor a church, ran over 200 there, had a wonderful, great revival. God did some wonderful things. I won't even go into the details of that. But I walked through, I drove through there, going to, over to Ada the other day, and there's a sign out on the yard that says, Property for Sale. Yeah. I called Jimmy. I said, what, what happened, Jimmy? He says, we had so many things going on said, we've had to close the church. I said, how many have you done? How many churches? He said, there have been 31 churches in Oklahoma. 31 Assembly of God churches been closed yeah. and sold the property. Choose you this day whom you will serve. That's right. It's going to be tough. Huh? That's right. It's going to be tough. We're having to make some choices right now. We're making choices in the school. Little kids are coming home and telling stories that I think they're making it up, but they're not. They're telling the kids. In fact, it's not even in this county that I know of, maybe in another county. They're telling the kids, you be whatever you want to be. Now, I kind of like that in a way until I find out what it means. If you want to be a dog or a cat or a boy or a girl. Yeah. 
All you got to do is say, I will change. Now, I don't know about you. I'm from the old school. And there's some things about me that just is not going to change. And I've got some great-grandchildren that's over at the house the other day, and I had a meeting with them. I don't know if they understood anything I said. They looked at me with that dumb stare, but anyway, I said it. <laughs> what you hear may not be truth. I hate to say that, but that because I got good friends that are teachers, but there are some good teachers and there's some right now that don't need to be teaching. Yes. Choose today whom you will serve. Well, I'll tell you about this story here. Elijah said, it's going to get tough before it gets better. And he said, I tell you what, you, you call all the prophets of Baal on in here. Let's, let's, let's have a head count and see how many we got. And there were 450 prophets of Baal and 100 of the grove that made, or 400 of the grove, about 850 prophets of Baal brought in there. And he said, now, I'll tell you what, it's, when you're in a minority, you got to be careful. But if you're in the minority with God, you're in the majority. So just hang on. Don't be afraid to take a stand in the very face of adversity. Amen. For there is a change taking place in our land. There's a, there is a change taking place. I hear people talking. I have heard some of them say to me, we don't need to be a radical. I'm getting to be a radical. I'm old enough I can be a radical. Amen. And I'm going to be one. Amen. There's things that bother me. There's things that bother me. This is not preaching. This is gossip. <laughs> There's things that bother me about what goes on sometimes. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I, I was watching, um, what was that program? YouTube. YouTube. And they was, they was talking about this. this I, I don't know how I even stumbled upon it. Somebody was trying to tell me something. I was watching for that and got on this. And they said that the United Methodist Church is splitting. Yeah. It's splitting. Yep. I said, it can't be. That's one of the oldest denominations in America. They're splitting. Yeah. You know what they're splitting over? Sexual orientation. I thought, what a dumb, dumb thing to say. I was telling a friend of mine, I was another preacher, I was laughing, and he said, I'm not laughing with you. I said, what? He said, I just left Eureka Springs, Arkansas. I pastored the Assembly of God Church, and the homosexuals threw me out of the church. They run that church. I said, no. He said, yes. He said there is a division coming now in the assemblies of God and how liberal and how open and how accepting we will be. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be here or not. I may be gone. I'm kind of waiting on the train right now, but I don't know when it's going to show up. But some of you may be here. 
I'm going to tell you what, folks, there comes a time when you name your stand and the devil will attack it from everything. I'm not talking about a hypothetical situation. I'm talking about living for God in a place where that heaven is, means the more than anything else. And it's not what the politicians, it's not what the bureaucrats, it's not what others say. I have a friend, you know him, I brought him over here one time, I, and I, I, I have great confidence in him. He worked under the uh, under time uh, the Homeland Security. What do they call that? Yeah. Huh? Tom Ridge. Tom Ridge. He worked for him, had 700 agents under him, and he said that there's things going on in our government that would scare you to death, but I can't talk to you about it. Yeah. And he said there was a there was a, a uh, they're going to kill him. He got to flying into Long Grove and staying with us and hiding out a few nights, get on the plane, fly back out. And this went on for about a year. And he said, the devil is doing everything he can. You need to pray for your country. I, every morning I pray for our governor. I pray for this country of ours that God will somehow or another put some people in that's got some common sense and will talk to heaven and will ask God for direction and see what God can do for us. Elijah said, who's going to serve God? He said, now this time, it's, it's reckoning time, church. Yep. It's reckoning time. Who's ready to stand? Yep. It may be adversity. You may get put down. You may get laughed at. You may get scorned. You may be even pointed at. I've had that to happen a time or two. Yep. I got in a barber chair a while back. I couldn't get out. Don't ever get in a barber chair and can't get out. <laughs> boy, that guy poured in. He said, I heard some bad stuff on you. I said, boy, what's that? <laughs> And he started, I said, where did you hear that? He told me, and I said, that's one of the biggest tongue wagging his people. It was in another part of the country. And they had sued me, took me to court. Don't go, folks. It ain't fun. It ain't fun. But when they tried it, God intervened. He told me, he told me, he said, I'm going to fight this battle for you. Two lawyers paid by the sinners of God walked in there with me. And they said, tell us what we're going to do. I said, you don't do that. Just stand still. They said, we can't. We're paid to do something. I said, stand still. God said, stand still. And I'll fight the battle for you. And God fought the battle in that day. About 3 o'clock, the judge said, I have never seen anything like it. He said, this thing is ridiculous. Why did you bring charges like that in here? Dismiss. Get out of here. We got out of there. This barber said, I heard you really got took to the cleaners. I said, the cleaners was open, but nothing happened. <laughs> they tried, but it didn't happen. Nope. I like that story. I've got to close it down. I can't see that clock up there. Almost six o'clock. <laughs> Maybe the wrong hand. <laughs> He said, get all the prophets in here and let them see if Baal will answer. I, can't, I think it's time to challenge. I think it's time to challenge the world. It's time to challenge the schools. It's time to challenge the government. It's time to challenge. I had a fellow come by the house the other day. 
he was a politician, a good man. I really believe he was. I, he said, I'll just come by and tell you. And he said, I don't know what he was. I sat that down and it took me one hour to preach to him, but I did. <laughs> and I've been seeing his picture in the paper. I think I had an effect upon him, just to be honest with you. Because I can tell you this. If you stand for something, yeah. be sure you know what you stand for. Right. Then stand. Right. Stand. Yes. When everything is falling apart, keep standing. Yes. Don't waver. Don't give in. Don't compromise. Stand for what you know is right. And God's blade is blessing upon it. And that's what we've got to have. Yes. He said, build your fire. Get you a sacrifice. Do something. I want to see what your God can do. Boy, they jumped and squalled and up and cut themselves. They did everything humanly possible, tore up the altar. Finally, Elijah came in there and said, Holler a little louder, maybe he's asleep. <laughs> you know, I think it's all right to make fun of them, don't you? <laughs> Elijah did. I, I think it's all right once in, once in a while. Don't push it too far, though. Don't push too far. I don't want you down there by yourself. The thing starts exploding on you. And they tried everything useful. Finally, Elijah said, all right. He took his sacrifice and laid it on the altar. Put 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Don't forget where you came from, church. Yeah. Don't forget where you came from. Yeah. It's easy to forget. Because you see, there's winds blowing. Yeah. There's winds blowing and it'll change you if you're not careful. Listen to me. Yeah. Listen carefully. And he said, now put four barrels of water on it. Now I'm going to tell you where we are at today. If you believe in miracles, you're going to have to really believe in miracles. Yeah. You're going to be tested over that very thing. You're going to stand when around you are not standing. Yeah, right. Let me ask you another question. If it really comes down to it, and you go to the polls and vote, and they ask you if you are a Christian, how will you answer them? Because that's already being done. That's already being done. I have a good friend. He calls me every week. It's all right. I, I don't mind. I love to hear, hear him. He always prays for me. And I pray for him from the country of West Germany. Over there, they have had a radical, radical, radical change. They were socialist democrats. It's now gone worse than that. It's almost total communism now. And their schools, I was over there, I preached about a year ago, I preached throughout the country. And there was one thing I noticed. The Muslims were everywhere. I had a friend in Frankfurt. I went back, I said, I, I, something bothered me. I want to ask you. I said, Everywhere I went, it seemed like the Muslims were in charge. I'm not against any church or any group or anything else, but I said, I know something about those folks. And it looks like they're in charge of the schools. And he said, oh, you've noticed it, huh? They took over our schools a year, last year, a year ago. We no longer have control. They teach what they want in the schools. And I said, that's awful. He said, no, it's coming, to, it's coming to the United States. Be sure, it's coming. Church, did you know it's already here? Huh? There's people that like to be religious, but they're not ready to take a stand with it because it's going to, be a, it's going to cost you something. 
It's going to cost you. Just remember what this old boy said. As you talk, it's going to cost you. Four more barrels of water. Why don't you put on four more just to be safe? And they soaked it up good. I still believe in miracles. Yes, amen. Huh? I, I've all, I may never see another miracle, but I've seen enough to know that they're real. Yes. They're amen. real. And I prayed for people. I didn't see a thing happen, but I still believe in miracles. And Elijah said, God, and there are 61 words in the King James Version of that prayer. But basically, he just said, God, we've done it. There it is. You take care of it. And fire fell. Yeah. And fire fell. Yes, it did. Aren't you glad? Yes, God still answers by yes, fire. He still answers. He still answers by fire. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for this church. I'm going to pray not only for this church, I'm praying for Long Grove, and I've been praying for our country. I'm going to tell you, I am very, very concerned. My time is about up. I'll be checking out any time. And if I do, you'll say, I wonder who's going to do it now. But whoever it is, it's going to be tougher because it's getting tougher every day. Yeah. It's easier to give in and live with God and Baal than it is to call the strikes and said, I've just decided I'll just serve God. Right. And I'll let the God that I was called upon, the prosperity, the sensuous, I'll call upon it for the last time. It's no longer mine. Heavenly Father, through the power of your Son, Jesus Christ, the creator of this world and all the things that you have given us, I pray today, God, for every family, for every, every child, every grandchild, for every manifestation, for God, the enemy has not come for us so much as it's come for our children, and they can change us by their little faces and tears and their pleading, and the governments of this world know that. But God, give us a strength that we can stand and sustain them and lift them up and bless them and lead them and help them, oh God, to become overcomers in these dark days when the dark spirits are everywhere trying to find their way into our life, our churches, our beliefs, and our feelings, oh God, for your glory today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know God you've got it I know you're still in charge I know you're still here <laughs> but I'm praying God put a greater burden upon us that we can intercede and pray for this church Pray for this state. Pray for this country, O oh God. And that we would do our best. We do our best. If anybody needs prayer, I want to pray with you. 
I want to intercede with you that God would speak to your heart, bring peace to your soul. Maybe you're battling something today that's bigger than you are. You see, he's a big God. He got, he's got his hands out rest. He's ready to take you in this morning. Anybody need prayer this morning or today? I believe God can do anything, don't you? I don't know if I can sing this now, but got any mountains you can't tunnel through? I don't know, Dennis, you know that song. Rivers you think are uncrossable. Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things impossible. is the one yes he's the only one let him have his way until and when he speaks you know oh that the clouds to go <laughs> just because he loves me so peace peace wonderful peace coming down from the Father still, Lord, the apple of your eye. We know there's people, Lord, battling the powers of darkness, the spirit of this world. Oh, God, if we can just encourage them and lift them up some way, get a new hold upon it and go a little further, Lord, for the power and the glory of your name.
Lead us, Jesus. Oh, lead us, Jesus, that we may know you and we may follow you with all of our hearts. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm so glad I know the Lord, aren't you? There's a lot of stuff going on in this world I don't understand. There's a lot of stuff I don't understand. But I can tell you this. I know who holds my hand. <laughs> and I know he's not turning loose of us. And he hadn't given up on us. And he's still here. Oh, just take my hand and lead me on, Lord. <laughs> Wherever you want to go, we'll go. Jesus' name. Well, church, it's a, it's a pleasure, always a pleasure. And when you get your new pastor, I'm going to come by and meet him. And, uh, and I'll put him on my prayer list because I pray for several preachers every morning. I don't know if it's helping them. It helps me a lot. <laughs> And I'll pray for him. And I'll come by and let him know I'm praying for him. And when you get to where you can't do anything else, you can pray, can't you? Huh? I'm down there in my prayer chapel. I always tell my wife, I'm going out there on my perch. Talk to the Lord. Amen. Stand with us if you will. Well, thank you for hearing me out. And I don't take back anything I've said. <laughs> Heavenly Father, as you go with us today, keep us safe on the roads. Let our homes be a shelter. And in the morning when we get up, we can say thank you, Lord, for another sunrise. Go with us today. I don't know if I've said anything to help anybody, but God, it's all I had to say. And I thank you for giving me the opportunity to say it. And I pray bless this church. Bless the future of it for the ministry. Bless those that are praying for it. Bless the new pastor coming, God, that he'll be a blessing to the community. And we'll give you the praise together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go home and drink sweet milk and eat cornbread and you'll feel better. I guarantee you. I know you will. Bless you. I hope I hope you come uh, like when the pastor.